I have just voted. Mm. Um, so if anything happens to me, yeah. I have helped as much as I can. Yeah. Okay. Well, who did you who did you vote for? Or yeah, <laughs> Kanye West. Oh God! <laughs> yes. He was on the ballot. That was Fred Easter in Minnesota. I'm Kent Garrett. Welcome to the Last Negroes at Harvard podcast. There were 18 of us. We are now pushing 80. We were in the Harvard class of 1963. In this episode, we talk about the chances of Democrats blocking Donald Trump's attempts to appoint a new justice to the Supreme Court seat of the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm joined by Fred Easter, Jerry Secundi, John Woodford, and classmate George Allen makes a surprise appearance. I think the most we could hope for is that the vote will take place after the election. I said, but I think it'll still go through. Um, I was ho- hoping Romney would yeah. join Collins and Murkowski, but he did not. And Gardner yeah. in Colorado has also caved. So there went the four votes is what it amounts to. So the only thing is if indeed, if, big if, the vote takes place after the election. And if the Democrats have gotten a majority of the Senate at that point in the presidency, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe some senators will change their mind. But I think the, the more likely scenario is they may well try to pack the court. What I'm not sure of, though, is when Romney and those other people's, people said they support his right to nominate, that doesn't necessarily mean, as I took it, that they were going to support his choice. The the actual individual, yeah. Yeah. Does it? I mean, it could be that they're saying, okay, he has a right to do it. That's what I thought Romney was saying. Right. That they have to accept his nomination, the nomination, but they don't have to accept the nominee. So there could still be a battle over that. Maybe then that should be aimed maybe the thing to do is say to them, okay, this person is bad for this and that and this and that reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you think there's still hope from that point of view? If indeed he picks the most extreme justice, and I've forgotten the woman's name, the one that's virently anti-abortion. It's a Catholic, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, That that may cause Romney and Murkowski and Collins to have some second thoughts. Uh Uh, There's a possibility there. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not they could get another person to go along, I don't know. But yeah. it'll be a very ugly fight and a very ugly hearing is what it amounts to. Why not impeach Trump again? In other words, you can impeach him as many times as you want. And there are four or five clear laws that he's broken. And uh, once you start impeachment hearings in the House, the Senate has to take it up. They can't they can't hold the hearings. And I also think that they would look frivolous, even politically. They say, oh, they're going to have another impeachment all of a sudden, because they would be obviously doing it over the Supreme Court justice, not even over the issue of whatever they're accusing him of, because if they were serious about that, they would have, they would have accused him of that earlier. I agree with John. I, I don't think I'm not even sure that you will get a majority of the Democrats in the House to go along with impeachment uh, just prior to an election, because it is a frivolous thing, nor do I believe it would stop Trump and the Senate from acting. You know who we need? 
My freshman room, my roommate, sophomore year was a guy named George Allen. He's an attorney now. He knows more about the Constitution and the law oh, call him up. in this area than any single person I know. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Get him on. Uh, are you driving? No, I'm um, we have a legal, I'm on a podcast with John Woodford, um, Jerry Secundi, and Kent Garrett. And we're discussing, oh, wow. and we're discussing what, um, if anything, Democrats can do to slow this process. They are going to confirm, nominate, because they've already decided they're going to lose the election. And they are going to get what they can get right now. That is my view. And they've got the votes. After the election, and assuming uh, we do what has been long overdue, the Supreme Court has been at nine justices since after the Civil War. At that mm -hmm. point, we were a country of 70 million people, and now we're at a country of 250 million. Mm -hmm. And nine justices are not enough. Uh, the court is extraordinarily overworked. The whole federal judiciary is overworked. I'm having to get things into 15-page page limits. I'm doing a federal court brief right now where I'm limited to 15 pages in a federal trial court. That used to be 40. Uh, that's because we're underjudged at every level by, you know, huge numbers. There, there, there should be a third more federal trial judges at least. Uh, we just don't have enough troops. We don't have enough manpower. Everything that's happening to me, and I'm litigating just ordinary commercial stuff, is get it in less pages. I don't have enough time to do it. Try your case in three days, not a week and a half. Mm. Uh, make your motions shorter. Uh, do this on summary procedures, uh, because we don't have enough time to uh, give everything the attention it needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the solution after the election is what Jeff Tubin said in the New Yorker. Enlarge the court to 13 or 15 justices. I, I think that if Romney had had a fourth vote uh, so that they knew that they could have uh, stopped it, uh, Romney would not have switched. But Romney said, well, hell, uh, the only two justices, who, the only two senators who will vote with me are Collins and Murkowski, so they can do it over my head. So he said, I might as well stay popular in Utah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Romney's constitutional interpretation is correct. Uh, mm -hmm. I read his statement this morning. The Constitution gives the power to appoint. It gives the Senate the power to advise and consent. Uh, and... Uh, it's not what they're doing this time is wrong. It's what they did last time was wrong when they did not allow a vote on Merrick Garland. Right. Uh, uh, that was what was wrong. Uh, what they're doing now is what the president has a right to do. I don't like it, uh, but constitutionally it's not unconstitutional. But I think it's politically incredibly provocative. Uh, politically, this is going to drive the group that they've been trying to appeal to. I mean, this whole campaign has been trying to scare the shit out of suburban voters.
and get them to vote for Republicans. Mm-hmm. That has not been working. The polls tell us that's not working. Take the, the long line view. The long line view is that uh, none of this is really going to happen. Uh, that is my take on it. I mean, yeah, it's going to happen short term between now and the end of this year. But all of these are the things you do if you know you're going to lose and you've got to grab it right now. Well, you can get what you can get right now. And what they can get right now is Roe versus Wade for the time being. That's, that's how I read it. I unfortunately have to get back into a business meeting. Indeed, as George Allen says, if you take the long line view, things do not look so bad for Democrats. And that's it for episode 10 of the Last Negroes at Harvard podcast. I'm Kent Garrett. You can read all about us in the book, The Last Negroes at Harvard.